And I want you to be sensitive to the voice of Holy Spirit, even though you see me and hear my voice, but my prayer is that you will hear the voice, talking about the voice of the Lord speaking through me. Now, we have been talking about living offense free, living offense free. Get into that place in God where you are living a stress-free life, a stuck-free life, as well as a contentious or strife-free life. That is a place (laughs) where you can get in God where nothing offends you, where nothing causes you to stumble. That is the Word of God, beloved, and that is a place where every believer should uh, desire to be. And over these several weeks, we have been taking on various subheadings. Last week, we talked about the love factor. I want to continue in that, uh, talking about the love factor, while at the same time talking about a misunderstanding. We left off last week. We said most of these offenses are all because of misunderstandings. A whole bunch of little things, as Solomon says, uh, are the, how the, uh, the foxes, the little foxes spoil the vine. It, a whole bunch of little things turning into big things. Little things turning into big things. Now, just a brief conspectus of what we've talked about thus far. And one of the things I want to keep reiterating is that word offense. It is the Greek word scandalon, from which we get, of course, the English word scandalize or to be a scandal or one who goes about uh, dealing in malicious, nefarious uh, uh, gossip or mephitic gossip, uh, if you will. But it's the Greek word scandalon. It means to be a snare, a stumbling block. A cause for error. Listen to this now. And it stresses the methods, the method or means of entrapment. Now, it's how listen to this part. It is how someone is caught by their own devices. You hearing this? That's why you've heard me for years say offense to take debate is a choice. We're going to be offended, but to allow that thing to take root is a choice. You don't have to be offended. When I say you don't have to be offended, you, you can stop it from, you can kill that thing before it takes root. That is your responsibility as a believer. Offense is going to come, Jesus said, but to take the offense, that's on your part. So it's how someone is caught by their own devices, being that they have, they have, they're going in the direction of their personal biases or their carnal thinking. Again, on last week, and we've seen this in Scripture, that a person who allows offense to take root, Brother Moore, is a sign of one who is spiritually immature. That's, it's a sign of immaturity, man of God, to let every little thing take root. But, but see, we want to get to that place where when the offense come, I kill it. Yeah, it offended me, but I didn't let it take, but I didn't allow it to take root because you're going to get offended. 
People are going to say things that possibly hurt your feelings. People are going to do things that possibly, as the saying, they, you know, one of the sayings people say now, make you feel some kind of way. But you don't have to allow it to take root. Are you with me? So, uh, well, well, how do I know? I'm, well, how do I know when I'm offended? There's rebellion. There's lying. There's strife. There's envy. There's jealousy, hatred, bitterness, rage. Unforgiving. <laughs> Even the spirit of murder we've seen throughout this teaching. Listen, you will know when it has taken root. And see, again, we have to look at the bigger picture behind what Satan is trying to do. Remember, we have said that offense is Satan's number one trap. Are you here? In creating division among God's people. That's why Jesus, he told Peter that, listen, I pray that the enemy, you, you know, he told Peter, I was, I'm praying for you. Why? Because the enemy desires to sift you as wheat. It, what, what do you mean? To cause a separation. So Satan is always trying to cause a separation. Now, this is important because the Bible tells us that God places the members in the body as it pleases him. Every child of God has a designated, predestinated, designated place that has been purposed by God. And it is when you hear the voice of God, that is how we are led to a certain place. What? We have heard God, and I believe that God has leaded me to this or that place. Why? Because that is the place that has a voice for you. See, this is important. Because everybody is not designed to speak into your life. Now, watch this. And the way that the world is going, you have to be all the more sagacious because the first thing that goes when you are offended is your hearing. And if Satan can get you to a place where you are not hearing, listen, when you have no voice, every voice becomes your voice. I said again, when you have no voice, every voice becomes your voice. And that is a sign of spiritual immaturity. Well, how do you say that? Because Paul tells us, that you can find this in Ephesians 4, 14, if you want to get the Amplified. Paul tells us that the spiritually immature are those who are tossed to and fro by the waves and carried away by every wind of doctrine. What? By every teaching, every saying. Are you here? No, 4 and 14. Watch this. When you have no designated voice, every voice, Sister Gilliam, becomes a voice or your voice, or a voice to you. So you don't know whether to go left or to go right because this one's saying go left, this one's saying go right, this one's saying take this, this one's saying take that, this one's saying do this, this one's saying do that. This thing is serious because when it comes to hearing and being led by God, you want to make sure without fail that I know his voice in a stranger's voice. I will not follow. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about what? With every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. And let me tell you something. Just because, another reason why this is so important, because you have men and women of God, men of God, whose hearts 
are failing and they're bending in the way of the systems of this world. Teachers of the word of God who are fearful and afraid to stand on God's word. And you better make sure that, see, that's why it's not time to play. That's not why it's not, you, you shouldn't have time to vacillate over this and vacillate over that and, and, and let this bother me and let that bother me. No, no, you have to get to that place of maturity where nothing offends me. And if you're looking for a place where you're never going to be hurt, where you're never going to be offended, where you're never going to be corrected, never going to be instructed, you have sadly mistaken what it means to be a child of God. Because there's going to be correction. There's going to be rebuke. There's going to be instruction. Why? This is so you can become a mature believer. And we've seen throughout this teaching in Luke 17, you don't have to go there, that Jesus said it is impossible that no offenses should come. So what can I take note from that? Offenses are going to come. <laughs> but listen, but woe to those through whom they do come. One, they're going to come. Two, you do not want to be the one who's setting the trap. Then he tells us in that same chapter, take heed to your Selves. See, we have to be on guard our above all with all diligence. You have to guard your hearts. Why? For out of it flows the issues. And you can tell by those who allow little things to continuously trip them up, that they are poor guarders of their hearts. So you have to guard what comes in to your spirit. And let me tell you something, and, and I'm going to show you this. A, someone who really loves God's word is not interested in trapping others or get others offended. What do you mean? It, it, notice they slander. They, they, th there's bitterness. There's revenge. So because of the offense, guess what? I want as many as I can to be offended just as I am, oh. which is a sign or a mark of immaturity. Yes. But we talked about the love factor. And notice he said, take, let me back up a little bit. In Luke 17, he tells us to take heed to yourselves. Be on guard. And let me say this. Notice we said throughout this teaching, you need two things to be successful when it comes to catching prey. It must be hidden in hopes that it's not seen, and it must be baited so when they catch it, they hook on to it. But you cannot trap a bird with the net if they see you spreading it out. You cannot trap a bird with a net if the bird is on guard, see you setting the trap. That's not a Chinese proverb. That's not an ancient African proverb. That comes through the book. 
Proverbs 117. It's in your Bible. Well, where did he get that? That's deep. It's, it's, it's in your word. It's been there for almost 3,000 years. Proverbs 117 ERV. Are you here? What does it say? You cannot, what, trap birds with a net if they see you spreading it out. So take heed to your set. See, when you are one who is a good steward over what comes into your spirit, if you are one who is a good steward and one who is a lover of the word, I saw you coming. Look, look, yeah, but I still saw you coming, so I didn't allow it to take root. Oh, why? Because I am a watchful bird, if you will. Are you here? So notice, we must be, if you're going to get to that place where you are living stress-free, strife-free, and stuff free, which is a place to get. See, we look at it like, oh, I'm not. It's a bigger picture than that. Again, Satan wants you to get to the place where there is no authorized or divine voice to speak into your life. Again, when you have no voice, every voice becomes your voice. <laughs> That's why some people act like they're just cuckoo. Because they're hearing, so you, you, you are not designed to eat at everybody's table. Why? Because God has set a place where you are supposed to be fed, and you are not supposed to eat at everybody's house. That does not mean that what they're serving is not nutritional or isn't good. It's just not what you are supposed to be fed. See? <laughs> because as the systems of this world continues to plot and do what it's trying to do, you want to be connected to somebody who's hearing from God. You, you, you want to make sure that that, 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 listen, that thou being guided by somebody who's following God and not their flesh and not their opinions and statistics and what man is saying. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Any pastor or, or, or preacher or, 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 or someone who has been called by God begins to follow the ways of the world, I show you a man and woman who is no longer spending time in the presence of God. Because we're not to follow man, we're to follow God. Oh, Matthew 5, beginning at verse 3. Are you here? You have heard that it was said, you shall. Are we there? Everyone reading, let's read. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor, your neighbor, your fellow man, and what? Hate your enemy. See, that's what you've heard. You've heard 
Well, they did it to you. You do it to them. You've heard, I wouldn't take that. So clap back. You have heard, you cut me, I cut you. You have heard, well, you wronged me. So naturally, some think I'm to wrong you. And that's, that's say stuff like that. Well, you, you, you reap what you sow. Understand context. Because if you were to literally reap everything that you sown, perhaps wouldn't nobody be sitting here right now. Am I saying that there are not consequences behind your actions? There are consequences behind your actions. But it, it, listen, if you, were to, if, if you were to get what you should get, Look at verse 44. Listen to what Jesus said. But I say to you, love. See, let's stop right there. I know what's being said, but I say. <laughs> I know it's being said, if they hate on you, you hate on them. But I say. Well, I just got to get my point across. I just want everybody, what are they going to think if I see again? I say. It doesn't matter what they think. Why? Because you cannot control the thoughts of another man. <laughs> Perhaps the best thing you can do is give him the right information whereby he can begin to foster better thoughts himself. But you can't dictate another man's actions. <laughs> Just be glad that you're on their mind. And listen, and if they're talking about you that much, it must be something about you that causes him or her to put that much time in bringing up your name. Look at it as advertising. And for most people, it actually backfires against them because once they discover themselves, hold up, she isn't what? they said about and now the ones you thought that were not going to follow have actually got connected uh, or become friends <laughs> or support your business or whatever the situation may be are you here but I say to you what love that is unselfishly seek the best or hype see you cannot do this on your own that's why you need the person, power, presence of the Holy Spirit. But it is a place where you can uh, uh, arrive to. It is a place that you can get to. But I say to you, love, that is unselfishly seek what? The best or the higher good for your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. See, a lot of times things don't turn out the way we think they should. is because we don't do what the Lord told us to do when that thing occurs. See, we want godly manifestations, but we don't want to produce or to respond according to his precepts. (laughs) 
But I say, seek the best, the higher good for your enemies. Now, again, guys, this is a place of maturity. You get to this place by following certain methodologies and processes. You just don't wake up mature. So I'm looking at some of the faces like, oh, man, I ain't never been home. Love my enemy, man. I ain't never heard this before. But I say love. See, you can't do this being a carnal, immature Christian. You're going to do what they say. And see, again, we keep waiting on a response. That is not agape. We just use that word loosely. No, God is love. God is agape. And when you understand agape, you know it's unconditional. It's not based on conditions. It loves because that's what it does. Notice here, Jesus is creating a new standard here. I know what's being said, but I say. Are you hearing this? Pastor, you just don't know what they said about me and how that did. And see, I'm going to point you to Jesus, but yeah, see, I don't want to hear that right now. Oh, oh, so, so you don't want peace. You, you want to remain stuck. Whoever been there? What? Listen to now. You giving words. I don't want to hear that right now. Oh, so so. You like being hooked. That ain't what I need right now. What well, what is it that you need? That's like cutting yourself, uh, puncturing yourself three or four inches uh, deep, bleeding severely. Man, man, we need, to, we need to take you and get this looked at. We, we need to deal with this. That ain't what I need right now. What, 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 what do you need? You're, you're bleeding to death. <laughs> and it's people like that, man, of God. And see, if you, just like in the natural, if you remain in a trap and can't get loose, you know what eventually dies to that prey? It dies. Are you here? Notice he said, love. There's nothing mercurial about agape. Agape intangible. It's not uh, a fickle. Love you you when you're good. But if you mess up, oh, no. See, that's that's not agape. Uh, Listen, agape is not based on whims and feelings or passing fancies. Agape is rock solid. Are you hearing this? See, you can't love your neighbor except you understand that agape is rock solid. You can't pray for your enemies unless you've got to that place where you realize, listen, again, but I said, you love, that is, unselfishly seek, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for your enemies and pray for those who what? Persecute you. Go to the next verse. Let me show you something. 
so that you may show yourselves to be what? Children. Do you see this? Guys, let me tell you something. Agape is intent on benefiting the one loved, regardless of the cost. See, again, this is deep waters. Because we want to hear, no, he, he hurt me, I want to hurt him back. See, you and your feelings. Why? Because that's what they say. Are you here? Unselfishly seek. Go back to that verse. Let me show you something. Well, how do you? Well, how can you say that agape is intent on benefiting the one love? Unselfishly seek the higher good. What verse was that? Forty-four. Do you see that? So agape, guys. It's not only rock solid, but it's intent on benefiting the one loved, regardless of the cost. Why? Because agape, it never fails and it never ends. <laughs> agape never fails and it never ends. That's why if he does it a thousand times, I just that means I'm going to forgive you a thousand times. Why? Because it never ends. And the reason why I can forgive you a thousand times, because it never fails. But you cannot get there without being a lover of God's word. What do you mean? One who does what it says. And I have found that there are a great number of believers who do not like doing what the Word says. They want the benefits. They want the manifestations. But they don't like, when I say doing what it says, living in agreement with what the Word says. See, because to not do what it says, what you're saying, in in essence, what you're saying is, I don't agree with that. I know you said love, but I don't agree. Why? Because I didn't love. I didn't bless. I didn't pray for like the scripture says. So whether you mean it directly or indirectly, you're saying, I don't agree with that. Why? Because I like what's been said. And what's been said is if they do you that way, And see, once you get to that place, you'll find yourself, whether you are at work, whether you're out and about, and when you see people, just like that bird, when you see people acting up, you you, kind of get tickled because you're like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. And you brace yourself, and you don't even take it. Yeah. Why? Because you see it coming. So no no matter how rude they get, (laughs) like, sir, bless you, man, I'm good. Then they get, it seems like they get more angry. You know, man, listen, man, love you. They're trying to push your button. But see, what they don't realize, you haven't gotten to that place where nothing 
offend you. Why? Because I agree with my father, man. Verse 45, so that you may show yourselves to be children of your father who is in heaven. Remember what we've seen in 1 John 4. As Jesus is, so are we in the world. For he makes his son rise on those who are evil and those who are good. See, that's agape. Agape, again, agape, again, benefits the one who's loved. So that's why God can love those even who oppose him. See, even now with the looks, man, I, I just, I just, I, I just, I, you just have to pray for me. But see, it, it, and I understand what people are trying to say, but it's nothing more, man of God, but really it's, it's a mark of spiritual immaturity. Because if you've been saved, as long as you say you've been saved, there, but there should be some marks of maturity. You still let stuff like that bother you? Misunderstandings. That's what we're supposed to be talking about today. I'm trying to get to it anyway, but I'll see you again. See, guys. And I said this last week, there are people who have been saved longer, longer than some of us have been born who have still yet to arrive at the place where nothing offends them. And I submit to you, this is a place, if you will, or an island, a beautiful island that many believers have never Never seen. Not even been near it. Why? Because every little thing offends them. What do you mean? They let it take root. Misunderstanding. Thank you. Setbacks. Are you here? See, here, here, go right here. For verse 46, for if you, well, let's read verse 45. For he makes the sun rise on those who are evil and on those who are good, and makes the rain fall on the righteous, those who are morally upright, and the unrighteous, the unrepentant. So listen, and are those who oppose it. So if, if agape can love the unlovable, and when we do it, it's a mark that we are sons and daughters of the Lord, of, of our Father. If, if, if as Jesus is, so are we in the world. If he can love those who oppose him. See, okay, thank you. That doesn't mean now that I have to become a doormat and subject myself to unfair treatment. That doesn't mean that I have to uh, succumb to this environment. So we're not saying be unwise. See, I can forgive you and love you and, and, and keep on going. I don't, you know, I just, but, but I don't have to remain in a toxic environment. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying remain in an aggressive and abusive relationship. Well, Pastor, you said, oh, I, even though he beating on me and I, and I forgive him, I'm supposed I, I didn't know. You didn't hear me say that. First, I'm saying get some help. But, but nobody's saying subject yourself to abuse. Huh? Very few amens. But see, that's what religion has taught. 
taught you to be dogged out and stay. You better wake up. <laughs> yeah, I still got love for you. There's agape. But 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 it's a whole lot of other love out there that, that want that want to express and show its gratitude and appreciation for somebody who see again religion and got y'all yoked up and, and now you, you just 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 okay. That's another message. I don't want to get into that. Poor man done beat you to death, or vice versa, because women beat men too. And, 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 and one, it, it wasn't God for a lot in the first place. Then we start going, well, what? God set together, let no man put a son. First of all, let's start with, did God put this together? That's the, that's the first place we need to start. Did God orchestrate this? Some of y'all need to be saying, you must don't know about me. You must don't know about me. I can have another in a minute. Whatever Beyonce, whatever, what's that? What, what, y'all know the words. What, what's that? What, what's the song, guys? Y'all who still love secular music. Can't help me out. Come on. What is it? Say, you don't know it today, huh? But y'all know what I'm saying. Be saying to the left or to the right or whatever. But anyway... This is not marriage 101. If you greet, listen, if you greet only your brothers wishing them God's blessings and peace, what, what more are you doing than others? What, what, what good is that? You're nice to the nice. See, maturity is being lovable to those who are unlovable. See, that's the mark of maturity when you can love and pray and bless those who mistreat you. See, now we're growing up. <laughs> do not even the Gentiles who do not know the Lord do the same? Look at verse 48. You, you, beloved, you, you and I, believer, therefore be perfect. Again, perfect in the Greek doesn't mean flawless or without blemish. It literally means to get to that place of maturity. It's, it's, it, it means to be full grown through a process of following certain principles or precepts. So in other words, because I kept doing this, it brought me to a place of maturity. <laughs> in other words, the, the more I do this, the more I heed to this word, man, man of God, it matures me more and more. Why? Because now I'm relying on his strength and not my own. And, and that takes a mark of maturity to be able to, to rely, Kiata, on God's strength. Because in our flesh, we know we want to blow. See, that's a mark of maturity. Oh. No, no, he says growing what? Into spiritual maturity. So if I don't do that, that would indicate that if I'm not one who is doing this, I am 
one who was spiritually immature. Notice it says, growing into spiritual maturity, maturity, both in mind and character, actively integrating godly values. See, you have to do this, integrate, implement, insert every day godly values into your not Sunday life, not midweek uh, Bible class life. What does daily mean? That's not, see, I hear you. We're, we're past, here, here we go. To me, that means uh, more often than not. <laughs> Five out of seven. No. Every day. How often? How often? Psalms 119, I'm going to skip a few verses. Psalm 119, 165, I want to show you this because it, this is the place we're trying to get to. Pat, you read that verse last week. Listen, guys, let, let me tell you something. Notice we said the first thing that goes when you're offended is your hearing. And we've seen this throughout Scripture that an offended brother is harder to win than a fortified city. Are you here? And contentions are as the bars of a council. But understand this. The reason why this should be repetitive and you want it to cement is because when a person allows that thing to take root, they become so rigid. They're so resisting. To prove it, you got people now still harboring unforgiveness over something that happened years ago. And you think one message, two, three, three messages, 45 minutes, going to really, I mean, that's good, but depending on how deep the hold is, this, this, we, we haven't even touched the surface for some. We haven't even scratched the surface. Great peace have they which what? Love thy law and nothing self in them. This is the word of God. Now, nothing shall offend them means that when the offense comes, I don't allow it to take root because offense is going to come, but nothing offends the one who responds according to the word, according to the way that the word says respond. Or, or the one who does. Or does, excuse me, what the Word of God says. Well, how do you know that? First John 5 and 3. So to love God's law is to live in agreement with what His Word says. You do what it says. So to love God's law is to do what? Live in agreement. In other words, to do what it says. Okay? And nothing offends the person who does what it says. Why? Because if the word says kill, if the word says pray, if the word says do this, I'm going to do it. So guess what? It's not going to take root. It didn't offend me. For the true love of God is this. What is it? That, that we habitually, what does it say again? Daily. That's that daily. Keep his what? Commandments. And remain what? See, here we go again. No, watch this connection, Sister Gilliam. And remain 
focus on his precepts. I say. You get it? But I say to you. See, that's, when I revert back to that, I'm focusing on what he, his, pre, his precepts of principles, words, laws, what his word says. So when I revert back to what I say, oh, now I want to do what, what I want to follow these precepts. And his commandments, it was, notice he says, they're not difficult. They only, it only becomes difficult when it's not a habit. It's only difficult, difficult when it's not habitual. Now watch this. And just like uh, it's difficult because it's not a habit, once I create that habit, it becomes a whole lot. It doesn't, doesn't mean it don't hurt, and it never, but, but it's it, because of the maturity. Oh, man, I, I'm good, man. Go on about your business. Not plotting, not planning, not on the Holy Ghost hotline, trying to offend others. Oh, are you here? For true love of God is that we habitually keep his commandments and and remain focused. Where should your focus be? You know, when most uh, people focus, Sister Williams, on the offense. That's not where your focus is supposed to be. Your focus shouldn't be on what they did, but what he said. Huh. Blow the whistle, please. <laughs> your focus, beloved, should not be on what they did, daughter, but rather what he said. And watch this. We, we can deceive ourselves and think we're hearing all this, but it, stuck is stuck. I don't care how great the homily was. I don't care what, how great the, uh, the, the worship was. If I'm offended, I'm offended. After all, look, hold on, hold on. Once at the conclusion of the sermon, man of God, once the music stops and I'm on my way home or wherever, the offense is still there. Even with hands lifted during worship. Even with a man and pastor when he was preaching. If the offense is there, it's still there. And we think we can shout it out or pray it out. It, see, see, if you're sincere about it, once you pray, you should go and get it right. I should release it. I should forgive. That's all. Just, just practicing religious acts. Psalm 119. Verse 9, oh man, I guess we'll pick up on being misunderstood next week, maybe. Psalms 119.9, let me show you something. Because we say, well, I, mean, I want to do the right thing. How do I do it? How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping watch. On him, set. Take heed to your sails. Boy, this is good. 
See, while we mess up again, we meddling in the other folk business. What, what do you mean meddling in other folk business? You more concerned about what they did with them? See, watch you. I can't control what they did, but I can't control this thing from taking root. See, again, the focus is not on the offense. Keep watching on your, make sure that you don't let that thing take root. Because the more you focus on the offense, the more inclined you are to let it take root. See, now you, 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 you're irritating it. Thank you. Like, you, you remember as a kid, if you had a little sore, your mom, mother would tell you don't mess with it because it, it irritated it and it takes longer to heal. Well, when you focus on it, and that, see, you dig, leave it alone. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping watch on himself according to your word, conforming his life to your, there it go again, doing what your word says. Oh, it's quiet. Why? Because we, some love holding on to offense. So, some people love the idea that I still haven't forgiven you. Even though you have gone on about your life and you seem to be doing good and fair and well, I'm still holding offense. Who do you think that's hurting the most? I'm still bitter. I know you're living your best life, but I'm still bitter. See, that's immaturity. Let me close with this verse. 1 John 2.10. And see, don't be this person, guys. Don't be the person. Notice it's that part of that definition, often it means to go into error or when it leads you to sin. The reason why you should respond and respond quickly, because one, it pacifies, man. It, 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 it kills that thing. But don't be the person because of your bitterness. You know what we do when we're trapped? We start reaching out to others. Because I want you to feel what I'm feeling. And you had nothing to do with it. That's why, this is just an example, and I've seen it, and other pastors can attest to this. That's why sometimes you almost... This, not that you, you want to see it, but you almost don't want to see your cousin him join with you or your family. Let me, let me just, we, we God, listen, because if, if, if there's nine of you or ten, I don't know, yeah, how many have a number? This is ten of y'all. You join and you brought three of your cousins and whoever else, six more of their family. So if you are the one who took, took offense, if you dealt with it accordingly, even if you said God said leave or go wherever, why don't the other eight stay? Why? Because you wanted the eight 
to feel what you felt. And since they're immature, nobody even asked, well, what happened? Well, that's my blood and we family and we sticks together. But I say, seem like one of the eights to say, wait a minute. The word says. Why don't you? The word says if the spirit of the ruler rises again, you sit in your spot. That's just an example. Not that it happened here, but I'm just saying. Why your best friend go when you go? And, and, and just let me tell you, just let me encourage you. Listen, don't ever let someone lead you away from the place that you know that has been a, has had a significant impact on the changing of direction of your life. When you know, oh, when I heard that, that was God. When this happened, that was God. I'm living better than I ever lived before. And the only thing I would do is encourage you, don't allow that thing to offend you. And here's another thing we got to stop doing. It, it, uh, and I'll pick up here next week. Well, let's read this verse. But, but watch this. We got to stop doing this too. Notice we talked about misunderstandings. A lot of people get misplaced because of misunderstandings. What do I mean by that? Especially in the church. Example, you're AME, you're Baptist, we Pentecostal, we non-denominate, we speak in tongues, y'all don't, and we do this, y'all don't. So, so, so you can't allow, well, we don't do that. Yeah, well, I'm not called to be over there. So I cannot allow your carnality to cause me to be uprooted because we speak in tongues and y'all don't. Listen, if you were, the, the, the mindset should be, if you were, you believe God called you, I'm happy for, you know, for your no speaking in tongues self. But as for me, the, the, all, all, all the mindset should be, well, listen, I know where God called me to be, and I'm happy with my speaking in tongues self or your no speaking in tongues. Whatever the situation is, I'm happy for you, you be happy for me. And it's not, listen, if you're not called to me, perhaps you're not going to understand what those who are called to me understand and to know. Hmm. And we, we, we get moved off, I feel like, what I believe, I think. Those how they start. I, I think. I feel like. At my church. See, see, what does that have to do with me? Let's close with this verse. All because of lack of understanding. Exiguous revelation or Incomplete revelation, not enough or in, inadequate disclosure on the matter. And you'd have moved out of your spot because you're not even called 
to that. Another big misunderstanding, people looking for a perfect, you're not going to find a perfect church in the idea that you, in the sense that you're thinking. Last verse, First John. You hear? Whatever she has up on the screen. The one who loves, see, listen, listen to this, guys, and unselfishly seeks the best, sounds like Matthew 5, the higher good. Are y'all hearing this? For his believing brother. What do they live? In the light or in darkness? If you're living in light, you're living in him. Christ is the light. Are you here? And in him there is no... What, 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 how do you say he's the light? The, the one who loves and unselfishly seeks what? The best for his believing brothers live in the light, and in him there is what? No occasion, occasion for stumbling. Or, see, when you, when you walk according to word, there's no agendas. There's, there, there's no hidden agendas to get you off. Why? Because he does not hurt the cause of Christ or lead others to sin. Or into offense. Why? Listen, I love God so much. No, you need to stay put. Let me deal with this, me and God. See, that's the mature person. Are y'all here? Not, well, we blood. See, again, this is for mature believers. The one who loves. See, and unselfishly what? Seek, do you see this? Seeks the best. That's the place that you have to get to. And there is no... See, the, that mature person is not even thinking about causing anyone else to stumble. Why? Because they're watching themselves. And if anything, I'm slowing you down. No, you leave, let me and God deal with this. And the party's involved. But you, beloved, you keep loving. You keep praying. You keep blessing. Come on, let's get a lot of hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.